is always a pleasure to, to prepare a sermon. Uh, when you're given one line to preach on, um, it needs focus. Mm. And then there's five words, essentially, that you have. Uh, but they almost contain the whole essence, at least the, um, the Sermon on the Mount essentially contains the whole of God's message that we have in, in the Bible. Mm. So like, you turn with me to Matthew, actually, yeah, Matthew 5 would be good if you, if you, if you have a Bible, if you have it on your, um, on your phone. Uh, and this is all of today's text. <laughs> Uh, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Um, the whole series, what we looked at is, is, is the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount starts with the first piece of, of, of really New Testament Christian teaching. And it captures the essence, especially the Beatitudes, the first eight verses one to 12, is really about the heart of what it means to be a Christian. Some say it's the blueprint, the, man, uh, the manifesto we talked about. And it's been great to, to deep digger, um, a deep, um, a dig deeper into the, into the scripture and actually really concentrate on each of these. Uh, we, not, we may not all be poor in spirit, Sometimes, some of us sometimes. Uh, we might not mourn all the time, but most of us will have to mourn uh, occasionally. Uh, but all of us will have instances where we either have to do this ourselves or can do this ourselves, or we meet other people who are doing this. And I think it's the heart that God wants us. From us. So, really, I think today's just focusing on, on the one is here, the hunger and thirst for righteousness. We will dig deeper into that one in a moment. Um, but it's also part of a, a larger series at, at Thames Valley. And I, I'm really so grateful for Malcolm of, of, of taking us through these journeys. Amen. And also including all of us in, in the making of it. Um, I think we had a great start with Markham's Friday lessons. Uh, Obi's sermon last Sunday was fantastic. It's really touching. Um, and that personal connection that shows on that we can share with one another. And not be ashamed of it, or not be afraid of, of telling what's happening in our lives. It's really important. Uh, we also have excellent materials. Um, there's podcasts and videos if you miss them. Um, and I just, you know, Essentially, you, you, you compile these notes that, that we have, and you have a book on, yeah. on, on Sermon of the Mount, which I think Malcolm is probably writing. Um, <laughs> um, so if you can look at it uh, in a little bit more detail, you look at the setting and the audience, and it starts with the script, uh, first line. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and sat down. If you try to picture yourself in this situation, this is Jesus just having started his, um, his work, really. Um, um, probably not so long time ago, he was going on around Galilee. Galilee is not a big place. If you look at there, uh, this one, that's around what, 
10, 30, 40 miles, 50 kilometers by 40 kilometers. It's not a big place. It's, it's, it's the same size of, of Berkshire. Uh, and these towns, so he went from town to town or village to village. You look at the distance here. That's like five kilometers. That's an hour's walk. You read it and you think he went far, far away and he literally went to the next village. So no wonder people heard about him when he went from one place to another because they would have been people from, from villages. And all of this was within, well within a day's walk. A long walk, but still a day's walk. Now, who did Jesus, was, who was he talking to? Uh, and the next, next uh, line says that his disciples came to him and he began to teach them. So he, Jesus wasn't teaching the crowds. The crowds were following him. But he was teaching his disciples. And not quite sure if it was 12 or more, but it was really the disciples, the, the people who were following him. And in a sense, he's teaching each one of us because we are his followers. And why did he do that? So that the disciples could then learn and pass it on to the crowds. Not just the crowds that were following Jesus there physically, but who were, and over the next 2,000 years, come to Jesus or come to the disciples and say, give me some of that insight that you have. Give me some of that faith that you have. Help me understand God's word better. Um, although it was <clears throat> mostly for, for the disciples, it was obviously all for people. Now, it's hard to ignore when it's not moving. You need to update your, your PC. Sometimes, sometimes it's not just God's word. But, um, it's, it's actually the, the, God of, the God of the computer saying that you need to update. Um, so if you, if you look at the, the, the Beatitudes, I always have a problem pronouncing this. It's like beauty and Beatitudes. Uh, but I, I, I call it the Beatitudes. So, so that this is what we should be like. And, and then it goes, blessed are those who, in many ways, need to look into their hearts or into our hearts and, and try to figure out what God wants us to do, how God wants us to behave, live, learn, love in these situations. Not just by ourselves, but the people around us. And if you do that, it's a blessing, for they will be, and that's what we're learning about. Um, but they will be blessed. Uh, British PC uh, um, uh, doesn't all, uh, also understand Coptic Greek. Uh, but the word Macarius, that's where it comes from, um, is um, essentially means blessed, holy, um, supremely, utmost bliss and happiness. In, it's a state of being, all encompasses that. We've heard about this one in the previous lessons. But it, it is that kind of state of being, not just state of mind, but state of body and, and us, us being whole together. Um, now when we start going into our, 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 our scripture, um, it's always good to have a look at what, what do different versions of the Bible say. And, and often you get insight from different people. Now, if you look at the, the first, um, first three, uh, and the NIV says that those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, uh, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. 
King James Version says, Lest are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Exactly the same. Uh, or the American Standard Version says, Lest are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be completely satisfied. So for the whole major versions, there's practically no difference, which is actually not that common. Um, although you find a version like, like the, the, the CEV, God blesses those people who want to obey him more than to eat and drink. <laughs> uh, they will be given what they want. <laughs> There was now six updates needed to be done. But, but it's, um, the message still stays the same. That, that uh, we meet hunger and thirst for righteousness. So that we will be filled. And then really what does the Bible say about this one? It's, it's thirst and hunger. Yes, we have all been thirsty. We've been sometimes hungry. Uh, kids... Let, let easily know that, that they are hungry. Um, uh, men become grumpy if they're hungry. Um, and it's, the timing is really important. But it, it, it's for, this time it's for, for that quest, that yearning for righteousness. Uh, have you ever been really, really thirsty? Like walking across the desert, Israelites were walking in the desert for 40 years. Um, or really hungry, needy, desperate for something to happen. I think that's that's the kind of thing that we're looking here. So that it's it's really desperate. Um, any examples of, of what's that been like, or, or or pictures how we could paint that view into into our minds? Money looks like he's he's got something. It's like desperate, like when you're talking about the Christian Martin story, the person was lying down for a life. Yes, and, and we, we can all picture some of these. Um, um, I know Mike's, Mike's been doing a lot of running, Michael Compton. And uh, I, I, I did a little bit of running about five, five or six years ago, like half marathons. And, and then if you don't have enough liquids, you, you're, you're, you're you start to be really deflated, your, your tongue sticks to your, your mouth and, and yeah. it's like, give me some water. Yeah. Um. yeah, now I understand what you mean. Um, so when we, when, when we lived in Texas, um, it's obviously, once it gets to sort of April, May, it starts hitting the 38, 38 degrees um, and it doesn't let up. And, and when you're then stuck in a traffic jam, um, when it's really hot and you don't have enough water, it's quite it's quite an awful experience. And, and I've yeah, I've had that twice where literally I just thought I'm going to die in this car <laughs> if I don't get water right now. But there's also no sort of country lanes that you can do a little side step tour. You know, you have to be stuck on the highway in that heat. So yeah, it's it's pretty. And if if. if on the other hand, if you have too much fluid and you're stuck on the motorway, it's uh, not that bad. Uh, you, 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 are, you are desperate. Um, uh, uh, but it, you know, it, it's like, you, when, you, when you're in that kind of mindset, of, you, you're like, it's, how do I fix it? There doesn't seem to be a way out. How do we cope? 
And then this is really what God wants us to be thirsty, not hungry, eager, yearning for righteousness, learning about righteousness. So if you look at the, the Israelites in the desert, that wasn't a nice, nice trip. They, 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 they needed to walk around four, five hundred kilometers. God took them a, a little by road that took 40 years. Um, uh, it was dry, it was hot. They were carrying everything they had with them. The children, the elderly, all their possessions. Uh, and then it's not just like we saw in the, in the first, just flat sand, it's also rock and a terrible uh, thing. But they didn't have any water, they didn't have food. So they obviously complained that you brought us here to the desert to die. Why couldn't we be in the Pharaoh's call where they act actually we had some food? We had cucumbers. It's Anna Kaiser's favorite verse that they had made cucumbers. <laughs> um, but God heard them. And God was obviously there to teach them a lesson, or teach all of us a lesson. And that in their hunger, you gave them bread from heaven. And in their thirst, you brought them water from the rock. You told them to go in and take possession of the land you have sworn to, with uplifted hand to give them. So they, they were going somewhere. They had a purpose. Uh, but God provided. God provided in, in the most unlikely circumstances. Uh, then the Lord said to Moses, um, in Exodus 8, Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. And again, he said, I'll give you food, but you need to do as I tell you. And we know that manna only lasted for a day. Uh, the quail lasted for a day. There were more. But he said, only gather for what you need today. Rely on me. I will bring you more tomorrow. But if you want to do it on our own strength and gather more, although it got spoiled and was full of maggots. Now, today maggots are a good source of protein, but at the time, they weren't too sure about it. Um, and they did this for 40 years. And I think 40 years is a long time to, to turn disobedient people into somewhat more flexible and agree agreeing that God's way works. Mine doesn't. Um, another character uh, in the Bible, uh, let me just see if I did I skip two already in one go. No. Yeah. So righteousness. What what does it mean? Um, so the the Israelites were in the desert. They they weren't totally righteous and so not not fully compliant with God. They were thirsty, all right, and they were hungry. Now, in terms of righteousness, what does it mean? Is is it's really being right with God, seeking to be close to God, understanding what His will is, and following His way. Uh, the Amplified Bible says, those who actively seek right standing with the God would also be justice. And justice has things that are done in the right way, or it's, it's, um, it can be many things. But it's essentially being right and close to God and wanting to be there. Um, Malcolm puts it quite nicely in saying that there are three aspects of righteousness in the Bible. There's the legal framework. So Old Testament was all about legality and God forming a nation 
out of the Israelites. They weren't really called the Israelites all the time then. Uh, but all of, all of the people we're talking about here on Mount, Sermon on the Mount, the disciples were already Christians. So, so we have a right, right mindset. We're getting closer to God. We want to hear from Him. Um, then we all have the, the moral righteousness. Are we in the right character and have the conduct that pleases God? Sometimes that's an attitude. And then there's the social aspect to it, social justice. Uh, at society in large, where we can, by our own behavior and model, impact some of that change into this today's world. And just looking at that one, uh, I just came back from Finland and, and there's a lot of them. Um, you know that I'm, uh, I'm working in, um, with electrical vehicles and, and there's so many opinions. Is it right or not? And you'd be surprised how harsh the comments are on, on, um, on Facebook and social media. But no, 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 you don't have to be there. That you could all just push the electric vehicles into the lake because they cost so much more and they pollute the environment and they take up all our other subsidies away. And likewise, if you listen to, and I think most of us listen to the, the debate and, um, during the election campaign, uh, they're not nice words that people are saying about each other. You follow the politics, um, in the Senate and uh, Congress in the U.S. and said, this is not how a country should be run. These are not people who are leading. They are just um, having a, a, a war of words with each other. And it's so bad that it, it's almost impossible to even follow. Now what God wants us to be is don't be like that. Come to me. I'll show you what it means to be a Christian. I'll show you with these B attitudes what your attitude should be. And when you come close to me, I'll take care of you. Uh, one character in the Bible that obviously comes into play when you think about obedience, uh, God says it's good and it's essential to be righteous. Uh, righteous. And, and then in Romans, uh, there's this um, recapture of the story with Abraham. Uh, from verse 3 in, um, in Romans 4, uh, what does the scripture say? Abraham believed in God, believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. So righteousness simply is, is that we believe what God says and make our best effort to do what he says. It's not difficult to understand, it's difficult to put into practice. And the story goes that against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations, just as, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet, he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthening his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. God had the power to do what he had promised to Abraham. God has the power and will to do what he's promised to us. This is why he was credited to him as righteousness. He was also credited that a friend of God being there. 
And I think we all often face situations where life is hard. We don't see the way out. Whether it's relationships, whether it is bringing up children, they throw some challenges at different ages, different types. Um, sometimes spouses together can't really work it out, even if you love each other, it's still difficult and it requires work and humility. Uh, but in the face of the un unimaginable, Abraham didn't doubt that God could do it. Mm. And that's this real strong faith that thirst and hunger for righteousness, that I want to be next to God, I, I want to do what he says. And if God says this is going to work, I better just walk that way. The words it was credited to him were written not for him alone, but also for us, to whom God will credit righteousness. The Bible says that God will credit righteousness to each and one of us, all of the Christians, all of his followers. For us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. And it's not much about it, it's, 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 it's about God, it's about Jesus. And the, the, the story get, keeps getting simpler and simpler. So it's just, hey, I'm God. You just take my word, I'll take you where I want you to go. And that's where we, we should be on the way. Uh, he was delivered to death over our sins and was raised for life for our justification. And justification is often substituted by righteousness. It's all because of Jesus who came down and died for our sins. It's not that we need to be perfect. We can't be perfect. And as with the the attitudes, the standard is really, really high. And we know that we, need, we can never, ever attain that. But we don't have to. Um, like Jesus said to, to Paul in, in, in 2 Corinthians, and my grace is sufficient for you. And Paul was a pretty cool dude. He, he was well learned, he was humbled, and he spent the rest of his life not just following, but leading. Now, on talks of, 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 of personal reflection, have you ever been in this kind of situation? <laughs> A picture should probably be big, bigger, but, but I find myself in this again and again and again. Sometimes I got a a little respite, but I, I often come to the same situation. <laughs> uh, and it hurts. When you, when you bang your head against the wall, especially if it's a concrete wall, it, it, it hurts. Yeah. And it, but it doesn't hurt just me, it hurts the people close to me, yeah. our family, those who are nearest and dearest to us. Sometimes it actually hurts them more. And I'm continuing to do so, it's not just silly, but it's stupid. And, and I know that, and that, that thought alone hurts. <laughs> but yet I go back. And then this is, this is really our human nature. The personal struggles will continue. We got, God gave us the character we, we have. We can improve, but the character and the character sins, the ways we do things or don't do things, stay. And if Anna is somewhat upset with me at times, as most wives are and should, should be with their spouses, uh, I, I start from a, and this is encouragement for the men, by the way. I, 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 
I, I start with two assumptions. It's either something that I did do that I shouldn't have done, or something that I didn't do that I should have done. <laughs> <laughs> and then that kind of covers at least 90% of, of, of the situation. And if I'm wrong, it's actually usually good in this case. So, so it wasn't actually, sometimes it's not just me at all, it's just that something else happened somewhere else and um, I'm totally oblivious to it. But I should listen and pay attention. But yes, it does hurt when you keep banging your head out of the wall. And that's where we can help each other. That's why God wants us to have that attitude of, of getting closer to him, learning from this situation, but learning also from each other during the church. And, and um, it's really, really good. To, I, I loved um, Michael's communion and the honesty of it. Um, so we, we can be honest and open with each other. We can say things that most people would not be able to say to their, their closest friends. And sometimes it's still embarrassing and it hurts. And especially you can open up and say, well, look at this mess. And it's like, well, not pretty. But let's move on. Let's try not to hit that head against the wall again. Now, so this is here and now. What's the next step? Some of us are getting older um, uh, with, uh, with perhaps bigger numbers coming. We were, we've been to a number of our friends' 60th birthdays. Uh, we have, uh, and I'm, I'm turning 60 next summer. Um, and again, it kind of starts to draw it closer that it, it, you don't have so much more time left. We, ne we don't know the time and the day. I, I, I live up to be 120 as, as people yeah. should do now. <laughs> but the question is, do I, do I really want to? Um, we, were, we were at Albert's birthday party um, a couple of weeks ago and Albert says, I'd rather go to heaven before. 60 years is a long time to wait. Um, now, I'm banging my head against the wall. Now then there's the thing that, should I also not just be thinking about today or this week or this month or, or like marvel this, this quarter's numbers? Uh, because there's no, li no life after this quarter in the business world. Uh, or should I be thinking slightly further afield? Uh, are we riding into the sunset with, with a happy mind, uh, knowing that we've been there, we've done what we, we've done? Paul was pretty okay when he, he was coming to the end of his life. I, I, I fought a good fight. But we can also enjoy the ride. Uh, and where are we going? The, the focus should, should be that, yes, all of this is temporary. But we are on our way to heaven. And there's no pains, no aches. There's probably no computer problems either. Um, but we, we're on to way for to, to something that is much way, way, way better than what we can even imagine. And we've got friends along with that way. Um, but I'm still stuck in here and now. And with my self-reliance, all my character sense, the, the things that I do that I, I should have done, the things that I didn't do that I should do, I can't earn my salvation. It's really letting go and letting God. Mm -hmm. And that's really part of, part of the, the path to righteousness, is that God's already done it for us. God made him who had no sin 
to be seen for us so that we, in Him, we might become the righteousness of God. And I, I read that one and I have some trouble understanding it on most days. That God sees us as perfect, without sin, without blemish. Because we know we are not. But we should aim to be of that mindset. Jesus has bought us free, once and for all, forever. And if you stay close to God, we're going to go to heaven. And once we ride into the sunset, it's going to be a nice ride. Not without challenges. They're, 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 they're definitely there on the way. Uh, in Proverbs it says that whoever pursues righteousness and love finds life, prosperity and honor. I'd rather like that. Um, and what does the... Our, our scriptures say that if you thirst for righteousness and, hung, uh, thirst and, and uh, hunger for righteousness, you will be filled. Um, and that, that is God's promise to all of us, all of his followers, that you will be filled. What does that mean? That if, if you think about God's promises, they do not have measures. Yeah. It's full-on feast. Uh, everything you can imagine and more in quantities and ways that we have no clue. God works in mysterious ways. Um, that's a direct quote from one of my, from my favorite uh, spiritual movie, The Blues Brothers. If you haven't seen it lately, see it. it has fun. If you look at it from Christian eyes, that these two lowlifes are on, um, on a quest from God, it makes a lot of sense. It's a gospel story. Yeah. Um, so you, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. The blessings are there. They're bigger than I can imagine. Given it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For, the, well, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And, and this is, again... It's guidance. God gave us a lot. Let's pass it on. Mm. Let's not skimp on, on giving because it will all come back. Or in John, um, the, it says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Mm. And that's Jesus' direct promise to each one of us. That we'd have life. We'd be full filled. Life would be brilliant. And this is what you get when you, when, when you come and stay close to God. These things will happen. The adversary is still there, but life gets better. We got the fruit of the Spirit. Says, I've, I've given you a counselor that stays with you. So we're not alone. We can always call on God. He's there. And we stay close with thirst and hunger. For, for his closeness and his presence, guess what? He's already said that. I live in you. I live with you. I don't leave you orphans. I'm with you all the way. Of other um, scriptures, like we talked about Paul before, and um, 
were filled through knowing God better. And then to, to uh, Second Timothy one is Paul knew Christ, and he know, knew Christ well personally. This is why I'm suffering as I am. Yet this is no cause for shame, because I know whom I have believed. I'm convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. So Paul knew Christ, but his mindset was that he wants to know Christ better. I want to know Christ, yes, to the power, know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. And Paul was constantly on the way of learning more, and God gave him more. God gave him a thorn in his side. He said, come take it away. God said, my grace is sufficient. In our weakness, we're stronger. And if we dare to be weak, dare to be vulnerable, and let God take over, we're getting there. And once we're further down the road, we've been fully filled in the next life. Like it says in the Revelation, never again will they hunger, never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them nor any scorching heat. Again, if you think that you're in the desert, like the Israelites for 40 years, it is relentless. Or you're in Australia at the moment. That's terrible. We were working um, with Albert in northern Nigeria, in the state of Kano. Uh, we were building um, wind-powered um, uh, watering stations. And the, 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 the land in, is just south of, of, of the Sahara, it's, it's, it's arid sand plains. And the heat in the shade was somewhere between 40 and 45 degrees. And we had to show example to the fellow Africans. So, yes, you go in and you dig the trench, dig the trench, dig the trench. And, and we're doing that for, for about a month in a row in that field. And it was hot and you need a lot of water. But if the work needs to be done, you need to endure that. God says here the sun won't, won't beat down on them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And that's, that's when we get to heaven. But on the way there, this is the picture that says, it's going to be all right. I'll give you relief on the way, but it's going to be all right. Just stay close to me. Now, then life happens. And this is my last, last bit. So, God says, wait. You're not there yet. I want you to be here with me as my ambassador and get other people on the road. So, <clears throat> we, can, we can have a look at a picture. This is our balcony this morning. We can have a view to life. What do you see here? Is this storm clouds gathering for a new day dawning? Half an hour later it was raining and an hour later it was bright sunshine. And that's life. Um, and then that's what happens in life. We must not lose focus. Um, the thirst and, um, and hunger for righteousness is, is desperate in this state of being. 
Uh, in John 16, Jesus says, I told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And my favorite scripture that I was expecting to hear on, on Monday morning in my daily scripture when I went to Finland, it was a rather uh, uh, challenging week, but Obi actually took it in, in all, already on sermon on Sundays, James 1 verses 2 and 2 to 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, We've all been there. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And it's a hard truth. We know it works, but when you're in that situation, it's difficult. And, and there comes a point where you start to figure out how God's pattern usually works. And you can actually sometimes anticipate the trouble that are coming, at least that there, there will be trouble. And when you then, with that mindset, you see that, okay, I was expecting trouble to come. Trouble comes like, ah, that's God's plan working out. And you say, well, the pure joy bit I'm still working on. <laughs> uh, what is it teaching us? God is teaching us to update your PCs. So what, what is God teaching me now, or us now? It's like, I think the challenge is, we already talked about that one, is the challenge is, so what am I not getting? What am I not understanding? And what are, why am I not learning? I think those are the, the, the questions that stay with us all our lives. And if, I, if I'm relying on myself, or worldly things, they're not going to go away. God doesn't promise that they're going away. But what the outcomes are when we learn, we walk with God, is that we're in a situation where I have nothing I can do myself. All I can do is to learn, on, uh, to rely on God. And we've been there several times. I'm sure you have been too. And I can also say that I can rely, I can always rely on God. So that He never lets us down. It's not necessarily easy, because we're in training, but He never, never lets us down. And he always comes through in the end. And I, I found that for me is the deep foundation of faith. Faith that is not shaken. Come what may, it's there. We know God is in control. And I think that is probably the one thing that keeps us going when everything else fails. And God does keep his promises in this life and beyond. And this is the last chapter here, uh, Matthew 6, uh, 5, uh, 11 and 12. So, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute or falsely say all kinds of evil things against you because of me. So when life happens, and because we're Christians, we're getting harder treatment, rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way that uh, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And God says that it will be great. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. And then that's where we're all on, on our way. In conclusion, um, God wants us to thirst and hunger for righteousness. Really to grow and develop, becoming an example to people around us. Whether they, the other people are Christians or not, doesn't really matter. We need to be the shining light. 
we will be filled, we'll be fully satisfied and completely taken care of in, in this life and especially the next. Remembering where we're going makes the journey easier. And then trusting God and following Jesus' example will transform each one of us personally and our lives here and now leading us to heaven.